Hello everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of In the Finest Hour. I am your host from the center, Sean Morgan, sometimes known as Abuse Puppy, and I have with me on my left, the good podcast host, Shaylin Allen. Greetings. I think we're missing somebody. Yes, unfortunately the right side is sitting vacant as Josh is recovering from his LVO experience and is not really able to do a good podcast here. But we can still manage with just the two of us as you get our super special hot take on what's going on at LVO. Uh, So we just finished our first three games of day one. Shaylin is sitting at one and two. I'm sitting at two and one. Uh, neither of us did quite as well as we were hoping, but Josh has managed to go 3-0 and already. Yep. Uh, so, not the worst thing in the world, and a number of our friends have done alright in various ways as well. So, all in all, could have been a, cert- a worse day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shay, what's your first impression coming in off the, the tournament this year? Well, the terrain is sparser than it has been in previous years, and... Uh, it resembles those frontline terrain packs, like if you look at their website and there's just the amount of terrain on there, which has always felt a little empty to me. Yeah, while there are still a lot of big blocking pieces, the actual tables are definitely lighter than it was the last couple of years at LVO, and more akin to what you see at a typical tournament rather than what we think of as the, the quote-unquote LVO terrain. Yeah, no, um, they, they generally have at least one big blocking piece in the middle, and some terrain in the corners, but and these, like, various levels of uh, those impassable hills they've got. Yeah. But the reality is, if what you've got in your corners is just kind of cover as opposed to ruins or something, you're not necessarily able to hide your stuff as well as you like. Yeah. I've been... And the thing I keep discovering, uh, because of the nature of how they do it at LVO, is... If you are hiding behind one of those impassable pieces, you don't get the benefit of cover. So you just get to sit there and get shot by a line of sight ignoring piece. Yeah, I've I've definitely seen a number of those uh, little line of sight blocking vertical hills they have. I've seen I've been seeing like three pieces of big blocking terrain kind of placed across the board, but it's lighter than it has been a lot of years, and it's a little bit lighter than I'd like in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have played with some of the enclosed ruins. Mm-hmm. Can't say I'm really fond of the idea. I've had I thought them. it was dumb. My opponent thought it was dumb. We still did it anyways. Yeah, I, I've had a couple of them as well. Reese was saying only like 3% of tables have an enclosed ruin on them. That's not even close to correct. Um, I think it's got to be more like 30%. Entire rows have those. Like, any of the rows with the kind of imperial bunker terrain have them. Yeah. Um, the way they did the terrain is each row is like a different frontline gaming theme. So, if you look at the frontline gaming terrain, you will see that in piles across mm-hmm. table, across table, across table. Yeah, speaking of uh, rows, there are 360 tables here this year, I believe, Uh, which not quite all of them are being used, but we still have 660 people showing up to the tournament, which is quite a crowd. Yes, uh, this is the first year in which they haven't simultaneously run another tournament in the room with the champs. The champs is the room to itself. Yeah, they pushed everything else out into the other room. So when you see those pictures of LVO that are just like these rows and rows of tables, those are all the champs now. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm, I'm a little curious, since I haven't really talked to you about this yet, how has the, uh, the sort of oral experience been for you? Actually, since they took out the other games, it's a little less. There's actually oh, yeah? less people in the hall than there have been in previous years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it's not quite as loud. It's still pretty overwhelming. Um, yeah. I did actually have to go in the middle of one of my games into the bathroom and just like kind of flail at the mirror for like 10 minutes and then go oh, back. Okay. It was that bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely pretty loud in there, but it's not quite everyone is shouting volume. No, I'm not... I'm hoarse because my throat was sore walking into the event, not right. because I had to scream. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the undefeated folks we've got and the some of the folks that aren't undefeated, sadly. Um, so obviously there's a lot of undefeateds at this point still. we still got 74 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is definitely anyone's game. Uh, Nick Natamani took a really early lead with two big wins and then just barely eked out a one in the third round. So he's no longer quite at the, up at the top of the rankings, but he's still pretty high up there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anyone that, uh, I guess we have to call out Mike Porter too, who is the current, current front runner, uh, with his, uh, cultist spam chaos Marines. That's definitely something. Yeah. Uh, of the most notable people in there, besides like Nick Natavati and the Steve Pampering that you were expecting, Mark yeah. Wright, who was the BA poet made into top eight last year, is also yeah. up there, uh, still with BA. Not not just not just up there, second place and playing Mike Porter this round. I know, crazy. Uh, that's that's definitely going to be an interesting match. Um, um, so because uh, we ran the numbers on this, seventy four players maths down to nine undefeated. Assuming there are no ties, yes. Uh, which means we're going to have a maximum of one tiebreaker round in, in the, for that seventh round on day two, and possibly none at all. Yeah, no, it, it's possible with enough ties that they just kind of do the top eight and just have the top eight go to the top eight. Yeah, uh, it's, it's even possible that we will once again see someone with a uh, draw coming into the top eight again, mm-hmm. as we have not yet had a top eight composed entirely of six wins in any of the LVOs so far. Yes. Um, but although we have uh, quite a number, we're not going to even try and go through all the people who are still undefeated. There's simply too many of them, and a lot of them are very good players. Their names you recognize from all over. Uh, but there are a, a number of names that have been knocked out of the running already. Ah, uh, um, yes. This uh, past round, uh, Trent Northington and Matt Root both got themselves kicked out of things, which that's those are two really big names that uh, I don't think most people were expecting to see go out this early. Well, uh, I mean, Trent not a body played last round, so that's yes. unsurprising. That yep. explains not a body's tiny loss. Yep. <laughs> um, win. win. Right. It was. It wasn't a loss. It was a win, even if by only a couple points. Um, Tony Kopak went out pretty early in the game. I think he was round one. Um, as was as did Rich Kelton, the top orc player. Um, so the, definitely some big names there who were no longer in the running for things. Um, um, I've got a few. Colin Sherman has also yeah, been knocked out of the running. Uh, our good friend Colin from Best in Faction uh, took took a loss in that third round there, along with me. Yeah. So that's two Yanari lists that uh, are no longer in the, the contention. Uh, we've also got uh, 
Paul McKeevely, Jim Vassell, oh, yeah. and Scarry. Scarry from Scarred Cast. Uh, good old Ridvid did not manage to pull off that Canadian miracle and uh, has now taken a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, John Lennon, Jim Vassall, Cooper Waddle, Matt Johansson. We've seen a lot of big names go down, but that is what happens at a tournament of this size is just the luck of the draw. You get paired up against someone good early on. And yeah, that's all she wrote. Yeah, well, I mean, last year we had Robinson and Awan round one. Yeah. They had to have a judge attend their table and ended in a tie. Yeah. That was a hot mess. So there has definitely been uh, quite a few surprise early knockouts, but uh, a lot of the big names that we were all expecting are still up and swinging pretty hard. Um. So, I, I was looking through there. There's only about four orc players in the undefeated. Yeah, a surprisingly small number of orcs in the undefeated ranks. Um, where When we say undefeated, we mean three wins. Uh, we are not counting all of the draws. There are obviously... There's quite a few of those, mm-hmm. um, including more than a few orcs. But not as many orcs making the upper ranks as I think a lot of people were kind of expecting. Yeah, no. Uh, there, there is a, a decent amount of the craft worlds and dark, dark Eldar, you know, the Eldari. Yeah. That's just such a strong faction, ITC. It's not even funny. I didn't count it up, but I was seeing something like 15 armies with Eldar of some variety or another in that top 75. Yeah. Um, there are eight, ni- eight knights lists. Yep. No one, no one is really shocked about that. Knights are popular. Um, but, you know... We're seeing a lot of kind of what we were expecting too. There's quite a few guard. Really, the orcs are only the the only really big surprise. Um, there's a smattering of a lot of things in those in those three wins bracket right now, uh, just because we haven't really had enough time to narrow the field all that much. So there's a lot of weird stuff sneaking through the cracks. Well, there's there's a Necron player. There is a Necron player. There's several Tau, a couple. Sororitas, just kind of, you know, a little bit of all kinds of things. Um, so why don't we go through, do you want to talk about your, your games a little bit here? Kind of go through what you're, just sure. not in a lot of detail, but give people an idea of what we've been up to. Well, that's like the, the kind of two-sentence answers. Um, first round I played Tyrions of Gene Stillers Who Wouldn't Die. Yeah, passing just way too many five-ups, I hear. Uh, yeah, no, a quick summary is... Uh, shoot a big thing of heavy bolters into them. They pass half their five ups. Then yeah. they catalyst half more, taking only three casualties. Yeah, with that five up, five up, it can be really tough to bring down all those guys. Yeah, well. Um, second round, I played uh, old friend, used to be local, moved away since, Aaron Albert. Yep, yeah, uh, runs the Boise Cup these days, is still a pretty solid player. Uh, um, fantastic to you. Yes, yeah, the Boise Cup is an excellent event. If you have a chance to go out to it, I would absolutely recommend it. Uh, I'm going to downright say it was my favorite event I have attended this season, period. That's, that's pretty fair. Favorite event I've attended since one of the Guardian Cups that he also ran? Yes. Aaron is an experienced TO, uh, a good player, a great guy. Um, he does fantastic prize support because the, the store, ABU Games, there is just really generous in helping them out. Um, and best of all, there is a million miles of space around that thing. Every table has, like, a solid, like, five or six feet around it 
before you get anywhere near another table. You want not butt pump? Go to Boys to Cup. Yes. Um, it's it's a great venue, and I hear he's trying to keep expanding as the store gets bigger and he gets more players. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what was your third round? My third round was against a triple knight list, Loyal 32, and some assassins. Okay. Um, I basically misspent my CP and shot myself in the foot. Yeah, that's really important with all those blood captains and everything. That, yeah. that makes a big difference. Uh, I did the right tactical play where I lunged in my interceptors, sacrificed them in exchange for destroying both of his screen, all of his screening units. Oh yeah, that worked out pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, miss. Didn't really come out in the end, huh? I got tabled. Okay. Yeah. Well, knights will do that. They tend to either table or lose. Um. So yeah, Shay is sitting one and two right now. You're what are you coming up against in your fourth rounds? I'm playing Dark Eldar. Oh yes, uh, kind of an oddball Dark Eldar list. No grotesques at all. Only one unit of Talos. Well, uh, there's a reason it has gone one and two, Sean. Yeah, well, I mean, there's also always luck. It's not a terrible list, but uh, it'll be really interesting to see how the two of you match up. He's got a lot of infantry for your guns to shoot at. That's at least something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how did you do, Sean? You sitting there, you're 2-1. Well, I'm 2-1. Uh, I didn't take my loss until the third round. So, uh, round one, I played uh, Scott uh, from the Boardroom Brawl, if any of you remember when we mentioned that. A uh, great little tournament, and I say little, it definitely means little, in a tiny little town of Ground Fork, Grand Forks up in Canada. But uh, we drove up there and saw them. They put on a pretty fantastic event. Uh, and by some miracle, I managed to bump into Scott Round 1. He was running his Alpha Legion. Um, but unfortunately, Alpha Legion just does not have the tools to really, like, kill all of the stuff that Eldar can bring. And he's got his minus ones all over the place. But Dark Reapers don't care about that. They'll just chop it to pieces. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up with a... Uh, I, I haven't gotten any really big wins or really bad losses yet. I started with a 29, which is a pretty respectable win. Mm -hmm. um, I moved on in round two to a gentleman... Uh, I believe his name was David. Um, from... Uh, across the pond, over in the uh, European side of things. Um, apparently he's been coming to LVO for a couple years now and is uh, definitely enjoying it, but is not quite as used to ITC missions uh, because they mostly play the ETC-style stuff over there. Um, but uh, he brought a Harlequins with some allied Eldar and Dark Eldar. Mm -hmm. um, no Yanari, just uh, all three kinds of the standard varieties. Uh, he had the Ravagers, the Skyweavers, all of the usual stuff there. Uh, very, very bloody game. Uh, we both pretty much ground each other out. Um, but as I kind of talk to him after the game, um, I can trade threat for threat with him, and he'll run out of stuff before I will. Um, and Soul Burst is just such a stupid mechanic because it means that I can kill one thing and then jet over and kill another thing. Um, yes, Silver's all fair and wonderful, and this should totally be maintained in the game. None. Yeah, so yeah, like that allowed me to do a lot of you know trading like two and three for one on him, um, which did not end up particularly well. So I got thirty-two points out of that one. Uh, came into the third round against uh, an enemy Yanari list. Um, very weird. Running the Scorpion, the Eldar super heavy. Um, 
Uh, he was running the uh, Scorpion, the Eldar Super Heavy, which is uh, a strange tank. It's not bad. It gets 46 shots with really good numbers, uh, but it's very expensive. I didn't really have any luck doing damage to it, which was super inconvenient, and his shots with it were just stupidly accurate. Um, I don't think he ever rest rolled lower than 14 on the 46. So you um, lost your opponent's dice. Kind of, and also, you know, like... He played well. It's like, I can't blame the guy for the way he played things. He did a good job, um, but he had some really good shots, and he was able to slip a unit out of combat, leaving me standing out in the open um, on just the right turn, which allowed him to vaporize my entire unit of Wraith Guard with that giant cannon on the, the Super Heavy. Um, if he hadn't managed to do that, if I hadn't taken the one wound that killed off the single model that was allowed him to escape, then it would have been a totally different game, as I would have just cleared out all his stuff and left him with the tank and nothing else, basically. Um, but uh, he managed to beat me. I, I got 16 out of it, so not terrible, but not particularly amazing. Um, and I'm going into round four looking at a Grey Knights list, of all things. Kick his butt um, for me, would you? Yeah, I probably will. Uh, I don't want to say it's a bad list, but it's. I look at it and it's kind of like it's Shaylin's list, but it doesn't have all the sisters. Um, he's got three Smash Captains, two Grandmaster Dread Knights, and then just a whole bunch of in Grey Knight Infantry and the Guard Battalion. The Guard Battalion doesn't really have anything that scares me. The Mortars are vaguely annoying, but they're not enough. And, you know, I know how to kill Grey Knights already. I've done that before. Once or twice. Once or twice. Sometimes uh, twice in one night. Um, <laughs> or three times that one occasion. Right. Um, so, we're uh, we're both kind of looking towards uh, hopefully a good fourth game. Uh, it'll be real interesting. Get to meet some more people. Uh, I, I would like to point out that I have actually had fun all three games. That To make sure. that abundantly clear. Yeah. Uh, I think both of us had a pretty good experience at LVO so far. Uh there's been a lot of interesting stuff. The vendor hall is is pretty well set up. They have a lot of stuff there. It's full of stuff. Yeah. Uh, we had to make a couple emergency purchases as Josh and I discovered that we were short a couple dice that we needed. Uh, me, a command point tracker, and Josh, wound trackers. So we made a quick run over there. Uh, but, you know, that's the nice thing about having a vendor hall is you can just run over and grab whatever you need. Oh, oh speaking of our games, I will mention that Josh is sitting on a... is undefeated, but sitting on a whopping 49 points. Yes, he has not broken 20 points in any of his games yet, so he is way down at the bottom of the listing. Um, but still undefeated. Yeah. Well, three, three wins is three wins, no matter how small they is. Um, and... Also, uh, one of the other things that happened related to LVO was the reveal on Thursday, which yeah. is the entire reason we got up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go to LVO. Yeah, although none of us actually went to, or uh, neither of us, I should say, a couple Ooh. other members of we our We sent a scouting party. Crew, yes, uh, <laughs> went and saw the, the big GW unveiling for everything. Um, I do really... I am very amused by my prescience in the fact that I called the fact that, yeah, they uh, they did, in fact, unveil a beautiful new Primaris Lieutenant. Oh, boy. Um, as, but, an, 
a bunch of other things. Yes. Um, so I, I was going to say that the the big thing out of there that is not on the Warhammer community page that they did act right say is that they are promising to revamp early codexes. Yeah, they had a, a Grey Knights player, as I heard, that's, that, that asked them, uh, you know, what are you going to do about the codexes that released early on? And they said they were going to release revamped versions, which implies they're, you know, going to update, hopefully, stratagems, point costs, stuff like that. Yeah, which is fantastic because those some of those books really do need a ground-up relook. Yeah, so. that is definitely good news for a few of those early books. Uh, the ones that are not really quite what they want to be. Yeah, uh, uh, Necrons is one I think is also going to get helped here. The mechanic they have is just not not strong in the way it needs to be. Could very well be. Um, but the it, it also will mean that uh, with all these FAQs that have come out and points updates from the chapter approved and FAQs and everything else... Uh, all of that will get written into the book. So if you're if you're tired of having to cross reference across a couple different sources, that will help it out a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. um, they haven't announced a timeline for any of this, so we can expect that it is going to be significantly later in the year. Probably they are going to release basically all of the codexes for armies that haven't gotten one yet. Mm -hmm. um, I suspect the Rebags books will drop after they've released everything. Yeah. Maybe a couple months after they've had a, had a solid, stable state of the game. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't fault them for wanting to play six months of stable state before they did revamping. Well, some of the books could probably stand to be done earlier. Grey Knights is not going to completely overtain the, the meta if they release that one a little earlier on. Uh, but GW did not announce any specific plans there. It was just their response to a question by one of the people visiting. Um, apart from that, they did have a number of pretty interesting model releases. We're seeing a new Abaddon. Um, mm -hmm. and a new, Finally. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, we're also seeing a new Chaos Marine kit of some kind. Uh, did they specifically announce what that was? I think they're taking the Chaos Marines out of Black Breach, turning it into a five-man kit and releasing that. No, those are new Chaos Marines. Uh, those are not just the Chosen that were uh, in the, the old box set there. Mm. Um, so they are entirely new sculpts of no. Black Legion guys. Well, yes, but have you seen the Black for uh, Black Fortress stuff? Because those are entirely new Chaos Space Marine sculpts that do not look like anything else they've done. Right, but those are it's not just the, the, the uh, Blackstone Fortress guys. It is a different set of guys, I believe. Um, wow. So maybe they share a lot of. The, I think they share a lot of the visual aesthetic in common because that's yeah. kind of the way they're going with the new sculpt. But I believe those are actually new sculpts. Yeah. Well, um, I, the CSM sculpt was due. Yes, uh, we were talking about that a little bit on the drive up. That box set comes from late third edition. Um, it is seen better days. It's older than a lot than some of the players playing the game. Um, so it'll be really good to see what we hope is a new Chaos Space Marines box set. Uh, that's another codex that can probably use a little bit of an update. Um, yes. there's also new Obliterators, another Demon Engine, a bunch of other stuff. Um, focused pretty heavily on Chaos and Imperium. In fact, entirely Chaos and Imperium, so... Uh, it does irk me a little bit that GW said, you know, players of all factions, and by all factions we mean two factions. 
but and by two factions we mean just space well, marine. Two kinds two kinds of differently painted space marines, yes. Um uh, we have we have inadvertently stumbled on GW's service model here, which is to release many, many, many kinds of space marines. Freaking yay on Lieutenant Slip thing. Yeah. It's but the new librarian looks cool. I do like him. He is uh, an, an, a, not only a new sculpt, but an entirely new kind of librarian. And mm -hmm. the Primaris Scouts are basically what Reavers should have been. Yeah. Because what the hell are Reavers even for? I don't know. Fancy grenades. Um, so, uh, is that basically everything? Um, I don't know. Did you, did you have any other commentary or thoughts about LVL? Um... Uh, yes, there are less water fountains than there have been in previous years, and that drives me insane. Were there? I guess I was always stationed pretty close to them, so I didn't notice as, as much. Um, I, I've had to walk further, because there's just less along the back walls as usual, which concerns oh, okay. me. I've noticed a lot of my opponents have been dehydrated. Huh. Um, uh, but they are keeping them refilled. Uh, yes. Unlike some of the other years, they're not running out, so that has been nice. Um... They don't have the big lunch buffet blocking up the middle, but I don't think anyone ever really bought that, so not really surprised. Uh, we've been eating on the cheap as we made a big grocery store run in and basically bought all our food for the weekend for a pretty bargain price. Uh, I mean, I did have to tell my round one opponent, I'm, excuse me while I go deliver the give out the contraband. Right. That, that was a pretty good line. Sent some, some sandwiches around everyone. Um... But yeah, the hall as a whole is pretty good. We didn't have any massive issues with BCP. There were some delays in that first round as it crashed and kind of struggled a little bit, but it I wasn't did, too long. I did overhear Reese telling people that what they're trying to do to alleviate that is on the very first round of a tournament, it's, it will send you a text if you've put your phone number in be interesting. with your pairing and table. Yeah. Um, he, so I that also, when they have the LVO crash, that's inevitable turn one when it's like 700 people checking their app at once. Well, apparently the crash this year was not through BCP itself. Uh, BCP itself handled the, the inquiries from all the people, but the local cell phone networks weren't able to handle it all, which is what was calling, causing all the congestion, um, because the hotel does not have any built-in wireless. Um, so Reese was saying they might have to uh, put a wireless uh, setup in there that is just for the tournament itself, which I think wouldn't be a terrible thing to have, mm -hmm. um, and they could probably do it for a fairly reasonable price, so maybe we'll see that next year to try and alleviate the stress, because we really are hitting a point where it's like, you know, if you're seeing almost 700 people and it is consistently causing some kind of problem in at least one round, uh, it would help a lot to prevent that from happening. But it was just like a 15-minute delay rather than a two-hour delay. So It was a full 30-minute delay, sure. Uh, no, but the pairing started going up well before the 30-minute mark. Uh, they did push back the round a full half hour. Uh, yeah, it, well, that's what I meant by a 30-minute delay. I didn't see my opponent until 45 minutes into the official round start time. Yeah, uh, you know, there were certainly people who did have more problems than others, but they, they started getting getting pairings up well before that. Uh, it just was still not a perfect process. Yes. Um, I, I won't hold my breath. I walked in LVO expect, wholly expecting a delay round one. 
Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they were doing three-hour rounds with a half-hour break between each of them. So you actually have a good amount of time on things to get situated, find your way around the hall and everything. And it's big enough that you really do need those extra minutes to really move yourself. Especially yeah. if you end your game right at time and you have to pack up and move. It's it's yeah. a courtesy time. Yep. Um, your lunch is only 30 minutes, so eat quickly. Yeah, it was, it was a short lunch, but I'm actually okay with that because most people are eating on site or not eating at all. Um, you don't need to be driving out to somewhere to get your lunch, so yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I think that's everything now. Yeah, I think that hits most of the points. Um, well, I hope uh, you guys have all enjoyed this special little bonus episode. I know it's very different from our usual fare. Uh, but we obviously just don't have access to our, our usual tools in terms of writing up a full episode and recording it and editing and all that. So this is kind of just be a, a quick little shootout for everyone who wants to hear what's going on in LVO and how we're doing. Um, if you are listening and you've met us and said hi, gave us a hug, shook our hands, whatever, we've seen a ton of folks there. It's been really good getting to meet all of you in person. Mm -hmm. um, we've heard lots of positive comments from everyone. We really do appreciate it uh, because we're doing this all for you guys as the listeners, and it's always really good to see the people who've been positively impacted by it. Mm -hmm. um, and if this is, you know, a little bit of a, a change of pace, well, we are thinking about uh, potentially starting to do some occasional episodes on uh, recent tournaments and metagame analysis, stuff like that. Um, so you may, may see something a little more along these lines sometime in the future, but we haven't really hammered that down. We still have a lot of topics we want to cover that are just really super important. So we don't want to be pushing aside the the content we've been doing so far in favor of trying something else quite yet. So if that happens at all, it'll be a couple months down the road rather than, you know, particularly soon. Yes. Uh, next week, or rather this Monday, you will get to see a real episode, the Command Reroll. Yes, that is our upcoming episode for this Monday, as we are uh, just going to be dropping that one right away. Um... And other than that, do you have anything else you want to close out the episode? Uh, I'm going I'm to go ahead and say thanks to Dank Muse for his music as always. Yeah. Uh, and also thank you to everyone who came by and said hello to us and everyone who listens to the podcast. Uh, Shailen, do you have anyone you want to call out on this? Uh, so that is going to do it for the episode. Thank you all for listening. From the left, I have been Sean Morgan. And on the right channel.